Welcome to the eLaborate Topics Podcast, where we focus on lab-specific strategies for medical laboratory professionals. We're proud to be the healthcare detectives that work behind the scenes to get the results needed to influence medical decisions. Let's grow together and jump right into the lab. Welcome to another episode of Elaborate Topics Podcast. We're so excited about this episode. We are now in season two of Elaborate Topics Podcast. And this is a weekly podcast where myself and my co-host, Taiwana Wilson and Stephanie Whitehead, comes to you to bring you tips, tools, and guests to help you to excel both inside and outside the lab. And today is just another one of those episodes that we're going to give you some great tips to excel and today we're going to talk about i am ready where do i apply and so we're going to talk about how do you get ready for that job how do you actually apply and prepare to get into that job and also some of the follow-up because if you really it's so important to get ready and get that job and also to excel in that job. So today I'm going to start out by talking a little bit about you being ready. And Stephanie will talk about that interview process, how to actually get in. And Taiwana will talk about um, what are some of the follow up that happens after that interview. And I know that in medical lab, there is a lot of talk about, you know, jobs and, you know, first we talk about how short we are, the staffing issues and the people who are actually in the job talk about things like career development, professional growth, you know, moving to that next step, trying to get the right job. And especially now with um, COVID and a lot of stress that's going on, people want to make sure that they're in that right job, the job that you really want. And so I'm going to talk about getting ready. And if you know me, when I, you know, I listen to any of my talks, I talk a lot about moving into that next level career growth and how do you prepare yourself to get there. And so this part about getting ready that I'm going to talk about, um, I won't go into a lot of details on some of the things that I talk about, but I'm going to refer you to episode three in season two that I spoke about that number one soft skill that's needed for you for that next level career growth. And that piece is really a piece about getting ready, preparing yourself. And so with that, listen to that episode. That's really a prerequisite. And so I'm going to talk about different things that you can do when it comes to uh, first the right role. What is that right role for me? That's kind of one of the first things you need to do to get ready. What's that right role? Where do you find that right role? What is that you need to get there? You know, who are either the people or whatever thing that you need to get there. So um, in terms of getting ready, I'm going to talk a little bit about what you can do when it comes to your, 
you're um, finding that right role. And first, it's about what are some of the preparation skills. So you know some of the skills that you have. You know how you, you the things that you do at work. What I would recommend is to keep a journal. So keep a journal so you can document a lot of those skills that you have. So you can um, write down some of the achievements that you have, some accomplishments that you have had. So just like document. And when you're documenting your accomplishments, make sure you're doing that in more of a quantifiable way. Not that, you know, I was part of this or I was... Um, I participated in this. If there's anything that you led, like if you were asked to lead, um, say, a new instrument validation project, write it down. This is what I led and how many instruments, quantify that, how many people that were part of the project, and what was the result? So you're documenting all those things that your accomplishments in your journal, and what was the result? It resulted in improved turnaround time, and um, it probably saved X amount of money. So it's so important for you to keep a journal of all these things that you're doing in this get, getting ready um, process. And so if you're you know write about maybe some of the vision that you have objectives what kind of job you're looking for so when you finally know the role that you want then you want to know where do you want to apply what type of job do you want to apply what institution is it going to be um, academic it's going to be a small lab is it going to be a community hospital is it going to be so kind of make that decision about where you want to go which lab you want, and that comes with a vision, having a clear vision and um, journal on that. And then the last piece is, um, how am I going to get there? Who are the people that you want to connect with? That's going to help you to get there. The right connections um, that you want to make, um, the networking um, opportunities. Maybe you want to go to conferences and meet people with those similar roles um you probably want to connect with a mentor that's going to help you to prepare yourself role like what are the things that you need for that role so that's the piece about um how you're going to get there and um some practical things that you can do when it comes to getting ready is to prepare like a resume and so when you're preparing your resume, make sure that you have a clear objective for the job that you want. You don't want to just like, oh, I want to get a job as a med medical lab scientist. You want to be very specific because depending on your experience, you may have um, different specific objectives. Say you want to be looking for a quality director or um, administrative director, make sure you're very specific about your objectives. Another thing is that from your journal, make sure that you're documenting um, when you're not just listing um, jobs that you have done, you're documenting them in terms of accomplishment. The same way we spoke about um, this is what you did and you're quantifying what you have led, you know, the amount of people you have led, what it resulted in. Other things when it comes to your role, you want to say if there was a problem that you solved, this is what happened, 
and this is what I did to solve the problem, and this was the result. So when you're writing your um, resume, make sure you're very specific. You're not just listing jobs that you work chronologically and here, but you're actually writing down accomplishment in those jobs. Another quick thing I want to jump on in terms of preparation is that cover letter. And a lot of people think that is not important. And of course, there are a lot of um, maybe hiring managers that may not look at that cover letter, but you never know the ones that will. So make sure you're putting together a cover letter. And so for the cover letter, when you're putting together a cover letter, you want to write um, on that cover letter. You want to kind of be specific. So um, with the cover letter, you want to make sure that you're addressing the name of the hiring manager. You don't want to have this cover letter that you, you know, cut and paste and send out to everyone. You want to make sure you know who is that hiring manager for that job and you're addressing that hiring manager by name. Another thing that you should be doing when you're in the um, writing on the call, be specific about the position you're applying for. Just not, I want a uh, position in your lab. Which position that's available and what position you're applying for. Another thing is if you, there's somebody who connected you because you have done your work, you have done a lot of networking, mention the name of that person who connected you to the job. And then you can go into saying, um, you know, why you think you'll be a good fit for that job. And you can do a bullet point on some qualifications and make sure those qualifications um, match some of the requirements that they have. And then basically end the letter with a call to action. You know, tell them you think you'll be a great fit and, you know, you'll be following up within a few days or so at least they know that you'll be following up. And basically that's all that I can say in the time that we have when it comes to preparation. Preparation is so important for this job. And Stephanie's gonna go into that interview process, you know, after you are so ready for that job that you know that you, you deserve. <laughs> Thank you, Lona. And Lona is so correct. You know, you want to make sure that you prepare, that you have a vision, that you understand the position that you want. So many times, um, when, especially when you're looking for a job, maybe if you're not already in a current position or you're dissatisfied with your current position, you can just start applying everywhere. Um, and without a vision, you just start, I just want to get out of here. I just want to get out of my current situation. Uh, and that can be a little bit dangerous. You know what I mean? You may end up in another situation that you may also be dissatisfied in. And so Lona is so right. You want to take the time to have some vision for your future, um, create the steps and prepare for where your next steps will be and what you want your next role to be. And really take some time and sit down and think about that. But once you've done all of that homework, um, you created your journal, you've created the, the powerful cover letter with the really impactful um, objectives in your resume and you put yourself out there. Somebody calls you and you have an interview. 
now what? What are the steps that I need to do to prepare to master this interview? Because the, the interview can be a very, you know, anxiety invoking process uh, if you don't prepare. So here's just a couple of tips to make sure that you're successful in your interview. Um, tip one is research the company. Um, obviously, if you've done the steps that Lona has mentioned, you've already done a little bit of research on this company, you know a little bit about the role, um, but start learning more about the organization, the laboratory, um, the hospital system, the research, you know, laboratory, um, if it's a state laboratory or private laboratory, start doing a little bit of research on that organization so you understand their mission, their goal, what are their ideas for growth. You can probably find this information most likely on their website or by browsing through some of their social media pages. And just like I said, try to understand the mission of the organization. So when you get into the interview, you can speak to how your background will help them fulfill some of the mission and the goals that they have coming. Obviously, um, the best pro tip is don't wait until the last minute <laughs> to pick out um, your clothes, to make copies of your resume, um, to Google map where you have to go. You want to make sure that you are doing things um, in with a timely manner and giving yourself time to park. You know, I, I can speak for my own organization that we're doing a lot of construction here on site. And so, you know, it does take a while to park in a parking garage and actually take a shuttle or actually walk to where you need to go within the organization. And so make sure you're giving yourself time to do that. Also bring a notepad and a pen so you can take notes and, and maybe jot down names along the way. Um, so when you write thank you notes um, following your interview, you have all of those names and things clearly clearly documented. Um, before the interview, you want to review the uh, job questions, you know, just typical job questions, and you can find a lot of examples online. There are several common job interview questions that people typically ask, like, tell me about yourself, or why are you interested in these roles? And these are just common questions that open up any interview conversation. So don't get caught off guard by those. Practice those questions. And if this is one of your first interviews, or perhaps if you haven't interviewed in a long time, practice with a mentor or a trusted friend um, some of the answers to those questions so you'll be prepared and you'll have something in mind. Many organizations, I know we definitely are, are moving towards uh, behavioral-based interview questions. Um, and so these behavioral-based uh, interview questions are common questions now in, in many laboratories. And the goal of these is to help uh, the interviewer understand really more, more about your uh, role in the question. Um, are you? Do you have the ability to problem solve? The interviewer is trying to explore how much intuition you have and can you make really sound decisions? And so um, when these questions are asked, really the goal behind these questions is to see if you would be key in, in helping solving problems um, uh, in the laboratory. Um, and so what the interviewer is wanting to hear is really you tell the story of how you would personally react in certain situations. And so a, an example of a behavioral based question might be, you know, has there been um, a time in the laboratory where instrumentation went down and how did you handle that? Um, was there ever a time where your supervisor, supervisor or manager made a decision that you didn't agree with and how did you handle that? 
Um, how did you, have you ever had to manage multiple projects at one time and what was the outcome? And so the interviewer is asking specific questions about how you would act in a situation to get a sense of what your behavioral styles are. Um, the best way to tackle these, these questions is really by storytelling um, and using the STAR method. So I like to, you know, really preach the STAR method and that is by making sure you restate the situation talk about a task, what was your personal action, and then what was the result? And, you know, make sure that you give specifics on that. The next tip would be obviously rev review the job description. You know, if you're applying for a phlebotomist lead or a tech lead, look at the job description and make specific notes about your background and your resume, maybe things that you've done, either volunteer, volunteer work or work with professional organizations, um, that that are specific to uh, points in the job description. Where do you complement things in the job description um, that would help you stand out above the other candidates? A couple of pro tips when it comes to interviewing. Um, like I said, be be prepared for those standard questions, but also don't be caught off guard by certain things that will probably be asked, especially if you advance. Um, be prepared to have a general idea of what is your salary expectation. You may not have to have a number, but maybe be prepared uh, for what you will say if somebody asks you, what is your salary expectation? Um, be prepared if this is an hourly position to mention when can you start or what is your schedule expectations or um, are there any uh, exceptions that you may need to make in terms of your schedule? Like I said, don't be caught off guard by some of these questions. And then uh, one of the things that I love to hear from interviewers is at the end, I always ask, do you have any questions for us as an interviewing panel, as an organization? And remember that you were also interviewing that organization. They're interviewing you, but you're interviewing them. And so make sure that you don't miss out on, on that opportunity to ask them questions. Sample questions might be, how do you handle a situation when you're short-staffed? You know, do you call in contract workers or do you rely on your staff to pick up extra shifts? Um, because that's something you need to know. Um, you know, what is it like in terms of a day-to-day um, what are the day-to-day -day positions or roles or what does it look like every day working in this position? Why do the technologists or the phlebotomist or the uh, staff love working in this laboratory? Make them sell the position to you. Um, like I said, you're also interviewing for this decision, for interviewing for this organization. And then finally, a question that'll help guide you <laughs> into the next steps that Taiwan is going to go over is when do you plan on making a hiring decision? You know, are you are you, am I your last interviewer? Do you plan on making a decision in the next couple of weeks? Just so you um, kind of force them to give you a timeline. Um, you know, obviously, like I said before, it can be very nerve wracking to have uh, an interview. Um, and uh, some of the things you can do to help calm your nerves is to practice your body language. Obviously, you know, try to stay as calm as possible. Take some deep breaths. Um, try exhaling slowly to try to manage that anxiety and those nerves that you might be feeling. Um, try to be as genuine as possible. You know, you want to practice your answers, but you don't want to memorize them because you want to also come across as relatable um, and as someone that your employer can connect with. Um, and also stay upbeat and positive. 
Never, never, never. I'm going to say this again. Never, never, never <laughs> talk negatively about your previous employer or workplace. <laughs> Even if you are dissatisfied where you're working and you're, you know, um, feeling like you're not in the best space, really focus on the opportunities and the experiences that you have learned from the previous employers or previous organizations that you've worked with. Companies want to hire people who are problem solvers and people who bring solutions to the team. So when you come there and you say, well, why do you want to work here? Well, I work for Tawana Wilson and she, you know, she can't. <laughs> <laughs> and the lab is a very small world. You never know who knows who, who can pick up the phone and call who. And so you want to make sure that you are making a great impression. Like I said, it, even if you have a negative experience, get the job first. And then, <laughs> and then you can talk about it. So those are all the tips I have for you guys. If you're coming up on an interview soon, hopefully those tips have helped you and good luck. Uh, best of luck in your next upcoming interview. But as always, after you have that interview, there's some follow-up to do. You're not done yet. And so Taiwan is going to tell you how to really seal the deal and how to close the loop on any interview you have. Awesome. Well, you ladies did a great job of outlining this and laying it out, what to do when applying for the job and getting ready for the interview and viewers or listener audience out there this is for internal or external opportunities. So sometimes we put in a lot of work and effort into those external roles. But then when it comes to the internal roles, those internal opportunities or promotions, we may not be as prepared. And so I want to make sure you're using these tips for those opportunities as well. Just because your current supervisor know you, you still should try to sell yourself and make sure that you're the best candidate for the job. I've seen it many, many times where we've had a lead tech position come open or a supervisor role come open and it doesn't seem like the internal candidates prepared as much as if they were an external candidate. So I want to make sure that you utilize these tips for either opportunity or promotion opportunity that may come your way. And Lona mentioned some great things about having a journal or your personal brag book. This is not the time to be modest because people are busy and you need to tell them what you have done, what your accomplishments have been. So that is very important. So thank you, Lona, for mentioning that because many times in interviews i see that too where it comes up with that question that stephanie mentioned tell me about yourself <laughs> and it's like crickets like I, I forgot everything that that i've done I, i'm not sure what accomplishments i've had so having that journal or that brag book is going to be critical and then all of the outstanding tips that Stephanie gave in regards to your interviewing skills and asking those questions, she's absolutely right that you are interviewing the organization just like they are interviewing you. And so that is that time to ask those questions of, you know, what is a day in your lab like? What should I expect? Is there any flexibility? Is there, you know, any of those things that may be important to you, you should be able to ask those questions of the interview panel. And also when Stephanie mentioned making sure that you have your clothes prepared and, and giving yourself enough time to travel. 
Well, today you're also doing a lot of virtual interviews. So you wanna make sure that your background is appropriate. We don't wanna see cats running across the back of your screen. I know you laugh and chuckle, but I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it uh, for virtual interviews. You wanna make sure your camera is positioned correctly so that you're in the center of the screen. You are the center of attention and we wanna make sure that we are seeing you and you're being highlighted in your best light. You wanna make sure your lighting is appropriate. And so those are things too. Sometimes we, when we do virtual interviews, we forget about some of those things, but the reality is in today's market, you're probably gonna do a phone screen, probably do a virtual interview and before you even would get the opportunity to have an on-site interview. So those are some additional tips that I thought about as the, the ladies were talking in regards to getting ready uh, for your interview and preparing for your interview. So just to wrap up on some follow-up, follow-up is very important because it really sets the expectation and it shows your interest in the role as well as it sets you apart from other candidates on your follow-up or lack thereof follow-up. So here's a few tips that you can do in regards to follow-up. And Stephanie mentioned several of them, but asking your potential employer, uh, what is their projected timeline for the opportunity? When do they plan to fill this role or make a decision? How many candidates are they interviewing? Do they have internal and external candidates that they're interviewing for the opportunity? These are all things that you are free to ask. They may or may not answer, but these are things that you may want to know. For example, if you're interviewing for a supervisory role and they had several internal candidates and you are the one selected for that opportunity and you're an external candidate, you know, that's something to think about, too, where those were people that did not get selected that you could now be managing or supervising. So it's important to understand exactly what you're going into as well. So asking for that projected timeline and some of those questions about uh, candidates, not like did Jane Smith apply for this role, but, you know, are there internal and external candidates and how many people are they considering or maybe how many people would be their final round selections, especially as you go into leadership or management opportunities. You wanna send a thank you note. Thank you notes are not out of style. So after an interview, it's a good way to uh, express your gratitude and show your appreciation for the interviewer or interviewees, interviewers, however many people were on your panel, because more than likely you are interviewing with more than one person in today's market. And so showing your gratitude for their time and for taking the opportunity to interview you. So a thank you note. You can do that via email or you could do it with a handwritten note. I've seen both ways and both of them, uh, I appreciate both of them uh, with the handwritten note sometimes, depending on how how fast the employer is making a decision, your handwritten note may not get there for a couple of weeks or may not get there for at least a week. So you can always send an email and then follow up with a handwritten note. I'm thinking back over my time of being in leadership and I've only seen it maybe twice have been in leadership where I've seen a handwritten note. So think about it. That candidate definitely stood out because I, I can 
tell you who that candidate was and it stood out to this to this day of getting a handwritten note but i have received several emails and those are, are nice as well just as nice uh, but i i can tell you that i don't always get a handwritten note or an email so that's a, a easy way to set yourself apart from the other candidates that you may be interviewing with. If you work with a recruiter or a search firm or even the HR for that particular organization, make sure you follow back up with them as well. Sometimes there are, uh, if you work with a, a search firm or outside recruiter, they typically wanna know how did your interview go you know, were there any additional questions that you might have had for the uh, prospective employer? You know, they'll ask questions like that. You can also follow up with the internal recruiter to see if there's any additional things that are needed from you as well. So that's an opportunity for follow up. And then once you have that timeline, you want to follow up towards the end of their projected timeline. So if it's been a while since you heard anything and they said, well, they're going to make a decision within the next two weeks, that two weeks have come and gone and you've not, and you've not heard anything, then you can take a moment and think about when did they say they were going to reach out to candidates and then you can follow back up with whoever was your contact, whether that's the, the recruit, internal recruiter or the external recruiter. Sometimes the, the interviewing manager may give you their uh, business card. So I would follow up with whoever was your uh, primary contact. So those are some of the things that I would say to uh, really stand out and follow up after your interview or application process would be Sending that thank you note is going to be a really big deal because so many people are not doing it uh, today. So I would recommend that you do either uh, of those things, but making sure that you stay on it. And one last thing that I would suggest, especially if you are in the market and you are applying for a lot of different jobs, as Stephanie said, will be to be organized with it. Maybe create an Excel or a spreadsheet or Word document, whatever works for you so that you can track when did you submit your application? When did you have an interview, a first interview? When did you actually go on site? When did they actually say that they were gonna make a decision and who was the contact person? That way you have an organized way of keeping it in order because as medical laboratory professionals, you have options today. And I know that you may be contending a few different employers or a few different offers. And that's a great way to keep things organized and so that you are following up appropriately and to know who did you send a thank you note to, who did you follow up with, who should you be following up with, or whatever the case may be. So ladies, what do you think about that? I uh, definitely agree. And I can speak personally that, you know, I've gotten caught with um, applying for several different jobs and then not keeping track and then forgetting, <laughs> and, you know, having to kind of be, you know, sneaky about how you ask questions, trying to get a little bit, what'd you say? Wait, what street was this? <laughs> and so uh, those are definitely good ideas. And also the tips about virtualness, um, because as Unfortunately, we continue in this pandemic and cases continue to um, go up and down. 
um, in different cities and different states, especially if you're applying for a job out of state, then that virtual uh, advice will definitely come into play uh, as organizations maybe limit the visitors that they have on site or maybe try to protect the visitors that they have on site from coming in the hospital or coming on site with when they don't need to. So very good advice. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of many years ago, I applied for several jobs. And at the time I was, I actually had two jobs at that time. And I was trying to move out of my part-time job. And I applied to this job and they wanted me, I got in that job and I was getting ready to quit my part-time job. And they wanted me to actually do, I, th I think it's some training. And you say all labs know each other. <laughs> they found out that I had other jobs <laughs> and they're like, you may be trying to test us out. You're trying to test the water. We heard that you were over there. <laughs> so make up your mind. What do you want to do? <laughs> so you have to be really careful because it's a very small world, that lab world and managers speak to each other. And so that was my experience years ago. Another thing that um, like Taiwan mentioned was the handwritten note. That is really great for in, um, internal um, applicants because I remember um, my last position, I just walked around and I dropped off handwritten notes to all of the interviewers. I dropped it in their mailbox. And so that works for um, internal but maybe a bit difficult if you are you have to put it in the mail or something. So that's a quick tip if you're internal, then use that opportunity for handwritten notes. I think, you know, kind of piggybacking on what Lona said, no matter um, if it's internal or external, and if you actually get the position, congratulations, but there's always a professional way to exit your previous position. <laughs> I've seen so many people who, um, maybe are tired of the bridge and don't mind burning it down. <laughs> but, but never, like, like we said many times, it's a very small lab world and you never know who you may end up having to work with again, who you may end up having to work for or work under. And so never burn a bridge. Um, it, there's a professional way to exit um, an organization given the appropriate notice. If you're not sure, make sure you're reading the employee handbook for your current position so you understand the appropriate protocol for exiting your current position professionally. And, you know, nobody takes it personal. We all know that you have to leave a current position to move up, move, move laterally, or get to the next place you want to go in life, but you never want to burn a bridge. There have been so many times where uh, I've seen where people have you know, just quit, walked out, said they were going to lunch, never came back, <laughs> only to apply for a position at another lab where some of those same people work and they have that bitter taste, that sour taste of who you were in those previous organizations um, based on how you quit your job. So keep that in mind too. Those were some good points. And you're right, people's memories are long. <laughs> 
that people do not forget. So when Lona was talking, she talked about she was working numerous jobs. So that's a question that you want to ask. If you if you think you might be working two or three jobs for different employers, that's something you want to make sure that the company you're going to don't have a policy against that. Sometimes they don't want you to work for a competing organization. And so I know now people do work for multiple places. You may work full time at one lab and maybe work PRN for another lab. And that may or may not be OK. So that may be a question to ask during your interview. And it may or may not be OK, especially if you're in a management role. So I've seen that, too, where sometimes uh, people may be the supervisor or team lead and, and they are that for one organization and, and will maybe do PRN on the side for another organization. And sometimes that could be viewed as a conflict of interest. So definitely check that out. Things have definitely changed, uh, you know, in the past five years or so. So I would uh, check that out. And Stephanie mentioned about making sure you leave on good terms. That is always a good thing. So making sure you put in an, an, a notice, I mean, a standard notice for a medical laboratory professional is probably two weeks. Again, check with your particular employer and see what they what their policy is. And typically in management, the standard is a is four week notice. But again, check with your employer. It could be shorter or longer. Now, I will tell you that your employer does not have to honor <laughs> your notice. So you can submit your notice today and that could be your last day. And that's OK. But at least you did put in your notice. Now, whether they honor it or not it is totally on them. So just so that you're not caught off guard, because there are some employers like that, especially with the sensitivity of the work or the environment, some government agencies, you put in your notice and you go in, especially if you're going to a competitor, that will be your last day. Not everywhere, but just so that you are aware that there are some organizations with those kind of policies. Never burn a bridge. Never know when you may have to cross it. I, interestingly enough, I am at the place that I started off as a tech. Uh, I came back to that same employer and I never thought I would uh, cross that bridge again. And there it was almost 10 years later. And some of the same people were still working there. <laughs> so you never want to cross a bridge because you never want to burn a bridge because you don't know when your path may take you across that bridge again. So that was excellent advice. Yeah, you're right about that. I just wanted to put this in that same employer that I was working part time that somehow the, the it gave, you know, somehow it came out that I was there. They came to me to try to negotiate for me to come to them <laughs> full time. So in order to get me back, they told the other person that I already worked for them part time and they tried to see they could up my salary so I could stay with them full time instead of doing two part times. But um, I just didn't stay. But it's funny how you're saying that don't burn your bridges, because if you don't do a great job or if you don't, you know, if you're being petty and people find things like that out, they could sabotage it. They could say, okay, you're looking for another job then. But instead they said, we want you full time. So mm -hmm. that was positive for me in that situation. 
but it was an interesting one. I bet. Ladies, do you have any closing remarks? I know we could talk about this topic for a while, but unfortunately our time on this topic is coming to a close. Any parting words for our uh, listeners and viewers out there on I'm ready, you know, where do I apply? And even though our title said I'm ready, sometimes you're not ready, but you still need to apply because maybe you are and you just don't think you are. I would just say good luck. Like Tawana said, we have options now as, as medical laboratory uh, professionals. And so don't undersell yourself. You know, if you think that you can you can fit into a position and you feel like you have the qualifications, go for it. I mean, the most they can do is say no. And at the very least, you've gotten more practice on interviewing, applying, and, you know, uh, advancing your resume and cleaning up your resume. And so look at every interview opportunity as an opportunity to practice, but never undersell yourself. You just don't know what people are looking for. And so if you see a position and you think you might qualify, go for it. All right. So for me, I would say that um, if you need help with that being ready, you know, I talk about having that right role, being that right role. I'm getting ready to start a community of medical lab professionals who are looking for that next level career. And it's starting next week. So send me a message if you want to be part of that group. In that group, I prepare you to be ready to know your the role that's right for you and move into that next level career. Have that blueprint for that next level career so that you can give that impact and satisfaction that you need in a job. So just send me a message if you need that. Awesome. So make sure you reach out to Lona if that's something that you want to take advantage of. And thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Elaborate Topics. We are your hosts, Tywana Wilson, Stephanie Whitehead, and Lona Small coming to you week after week with our podcast and new guests, new topics. If you're interested in being on this show, make sure you reach out and send us a note, or you can go to the directimpactbroadcasting.com and fill out the guest interest form. We would love to hear from you. And also don't forget to share out this podcast with your audience because you might be the key that'll open up somebody else's door so they probably need to hear the tips we discussed today so until next time my friends have an awesome week thank you for tuning in to another episode of elaborate topics where your hosts discussed relevant strategies for laboratory professionals. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and listen to us on directimpactbroadcasting.com. Stay tuned for another episode with information you can use to excel in your laboratory career.